Hello, uh, welcome to Shouting About Shared Ownership. Uh, for more and more people, shared ownership is becoming one of the most accessible ways to own a home. So could it help you own a home? Just as it's evolving to allow even more people to use it as a way of getting onto the property ladder, it's also picked up a few naysayers too. So we're gonna address different aspects about shared ownership in today's market and hopefully help you understand why we believe in it so much as a solution towards affording your next home. So I'll introduce you to Hannah Harding, who works in the platform home ownership department, but also has her own shared ownership home. What, so how, what's the deal with your home, Hannah? So I have a two bedroom house. Um, I've had it for nearly four years um, and I own 40% of it. And the payments you make, which is that combined mortgage and rent payment. Yeah. Is, is almost on a par with what you'd pay, say, if you're renting or, or you bought Yeah, anyway. it might even be less, because mm -hmm. I think I, I pay about it's under £600 for the mortgage, the rent and the service charge mm -hmm. altogether. Yeah. Um, and the house is about six years old, so it's probably less, but it, otherwise it'll be on par, yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, it's certainly no more but without that pay. big scary deposit at the start of it all. <laughs> yeah. So remember in this series we're going to do different episodes exploring things you might want to know about shared ownership. We're explaining how it works. We're also talking about the opportunities for more people to use it and in this episode we're going to address the stigmas about shared ownership. See when I say stigmas, Hannah's face <laughs> is a picture because she's obviously had to deal with a lot of the stigmas and I suppose a lot of people saying to you certain things about shared ownership and what they think yeah. you know wherever they've got those opinions from so yeah, look look let's let's address them um has it always had a bad reputation do you think shared ownership i think it probably has yeah because i just think it's a lack of understanding because there's because i mean we and other providers as well but we really over the last couple of years have really tried to push the information out like we've got loads of information going out on social media all the time of like jargon busters and trying to sort of explain those words that we use sometimes mm. and just what it's about but I think because there's a lack of understanding sometimes like with anything in life if you don't understand it it's you know it's nobody's fault but then they sort of err on the negative side and unfortunately if you do a google on shared ownership <laughs> there are articles and things that come up that are very negative so obviously it's very easy to look at those and take those but it's like with anything there's always a lot more negative feedback than mm. there is positive because people shout about the negatives don't they yeah it's like people are more likely to complain than compliment aren't they because <laughs> it's, it's easier to complain so but, but, but i mean where does that bad press come from you know like you say when you google I think a lot of, when I've looked at it, a lot of the articles, it can be to do with build quality sometimes, mm -hmm. which can be a challenge sometimes. It's something that like with our project team, we really work on with the developers mm. and we try and give those quality homes. But you'd get those problems sometimes whether you're spending, I don't know, £60,000 on a share or whether you're spending a million pounds on a house, you can still have the same problems because you're essentially still buying on the same development from mm -hmm. the same team so sometimes that comes down to it and unfortunately it kind of gets well I've got problems with my house oh and it's a shared ownership mm -hmm. so it kind of gets lumped together yeah but then there's also things like 
um, a lot of the articles are about flats in London and it might be because they've got, they need extra cladding so now that person's unable to sell the house because they can't afford the service charge and or they can't afford to do the cladding and they get sort of stuck in their mortgage, they can't sell it and that is really unfortunate mm. and I don't doubt that that's a real problem but it's not doesn't necessarily reflect the whole scheme and it's just yeah. it's a very unfortunate thing and but it's not it's not the fault of the scheme yeah it's, I get what you're it's yeah, other I get what things you're that gets mixed get mixed in with it like I mean shared ownership doesn't suit everybody mm -hmm. and you know it, there are some people out there who would be absolutely against it not for me doesn't suit me and that's absolutely fine. I know some people who've said I would never, I just don't want to buy a shared ownership and that's not a problem mm -hmm. because if, if you don't need to or you don't want to, fine, but it doesn't make it bad for everyone. It doesn't make it a bad scheme No. if somebody isn't keen on it personally. Why do, why do some people think it's a scam? <laughs> I think because, again, it's an understanding thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people might say, "Oh, well, there's there's hidden charges, and you can get you can get stung by the lease, mm. and the service charges change all the time." Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. I think because there is a lease, so all mm. shared ownership houses are leasehold. Um, and like we said in the other episode, if you staircase, sometimes you'll lose that lease, but they will all start with a lease because that allows us to own half and you to own half. So you've got to have the lease. But yes, there are sort of restrictions in there and there are things that you have to follow but a lot of it is just common sense and common courtesy because like as a shared owner you don't sit there and think this lease is like over my head all the time because it's that you know it mentions things like pets but as an organization we do allow pets that might be different elsewhere but we we do um there's clauses in there about, you know, if your pet's really causing a nuisance, we can ask for it to be removed. But obviously then that's down to the shared owner to sort of obviously make sure mm -hmm. that's... But that would be, you know, you, a pet can cause a problem in any property. So exactly. it's, you know, yeah. I don't think that's not unreasonable. Um, you can decorate the property without any problems. Alterations are different, so you do have yeah. to ask permission. But we as an organisation won't we won't unreasonably say no. Mm -hmm. So, you know, unless there is a very, very good reason for us to say, I'm sorry, you can't do that, we would say yes, because mm. there's no point not to. If it's going to add value to the house, it benefits everyone at the end of the day. Mm. And it is, we do want it to feel like it's that person's home. So there is a lease, mm. but it's not something that, it doesn't affect your daily life. It doesn't affect. I don't ever think about the lease because. That's, well, that's what I was going to say. You, 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 know. you know, and I know you know people would say, "Oh, well, you're obviously going to say yes," but it, but it feels like it's your home. Yeah, it does it? absolutely. Like I've my I've decorated my house exactly yeah. how I want it because you're allowed to do that. Mm. When you sell it, you don't have to put it back to how it was or anything like that. When I bought mine, I bought it as it was when sort of how the previous owners had it and mm. then I've over the years changed it to how I want it but it's you don't feel like I think people sort of have this perception that if there's a lease mm. you're going to it's going to be really noticeable and you're going to sort of be worrying about it all the time and thinking about it but you're not mm. because it's, it's just in the background and because most of it is just 
common courtesy, general things. And at the end of the day, as long as you read it, or your solicitor reads it when you're buying, and you understand it, and you make sure that you ask any questions to clarify things if you're not sure, as long as you understand it, that's what the solicitor's there for, to make sure that you understand those bits. But it's it's a standard Homes England lease. It's nothing fancy just for platform. We don't put in, I don't know, random things <laughs> just for the sake of it. It mm. is a standard lease. They're tweaked ever so slightly, but sort of for different developments, if there's special requirements. But it's a standard lease that everybody has all the shared owners have exactly the same lease, really, on on the basis. And yeah, it doesn't hang over your head. And I think mm. as soon as people hear the word lease, yeah. they suddenly think, mm. oh, and then service charge is another one as well. But the service charge, if you are on a new build site, you will have a service charge, mm. whether you're a shared owner, whether you're in rented, or whether you own your property and you've bought it from the developer you will pay a service charge because a lot of the roads aren't adopted or there might be little green spaces that are yeah. maintained and everybody within that vicinity will pay. So it doesn't matter on your tenure. And those and those change like it. any other utility yeah. bill changes. Yeah, so they can go they can go stuff, up or down. Yeah. And I think the important thing is they can go down. Mm. Um, <laughs> the rent goes up every year mm. but it's capped um, it's capped at 0.5% um, RPI, that's what I was looking there for. There you go. RPI plus 0.5%, <sighs> that's what I'm looking for. We can't just go, okay, well, it was £300 a month, mm. well, now we're going to rocket it up to £500 a month. It will only go up in line with the restrictions in the lease. Yeah. We can't just decide. Mm. Service charge is a little bit different because the service charge, in theory, could go from, I don't know, £20 a month, and next year it could actually be £40 a month yeah. or something. But that is down to what the services yeah. cost. And, and that's, that's nothing you will escape by not getting Exactly, it's the same, whether, the, yeah, you know, yeah. our social and affordable tenants will pay. So, like, opposite where I live, we've got some of our tenants live directly opposite me. Mm -hmm. They will pay exactly the same. same. Yeah. And then the ha big house on the corner next to me, which is probably a five-bedroom house, they will also pay exactly the same service charge as I do. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what house you live in or how you got there. Mm -hmm. You pay the same. Yep. But we, like, the finance team will sort of check every year what we've actually been charged for those services versus what we've been charging and then they'll adjust that so like yeah. my service charge has gone down yeah. some years mine did last year as well I so it, yeah. yeah so it yeah so it's i think again it's an understanding thing because once people understand how it works yeah. it goes from being a scam <laughs> to Oh yeah, it's not actually that just bad. So, just something with a few yeah. T's and C's, yeah. but still in the long yeah. run is good. But anything's yeah. got T's and C's, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You've just got to read the fine print <laughs> sometimes, which nobody likes doing. But And just lastly, it's something we talk about stigmas. Do you think selecting shared ownership labels you as on a low wage or unable to afford a proper home? I personally, I don't think that it does now. Mm. I don't know whether maybe in the past it did. Um, I know that when I bought my house, I did have, I did have somebody in my extended family who sort of went, 
oh, <laughs> why why would you want to do that? Because mm. but, they didn't understand it. Yeah. They were in, of the old generation. And I said, oh, I'm buying a house. And they were like, oh, how are you doing that? And I explained to them. And, you know, I explained because that's my job. And so mm. I knew exactly how to explain it to them. And they, and it was out of a, well, I don't really understand that. So why on earth would you want to do that? But they come back with, you don't want to do that. It's just scary. Yeah. They're going to do this. They're going to yeah. do that. They're going to hit and your charges. And it was, well, yeah. actually... <laughs> But if I want to own a house, this is the way I've got to do it. Yeah. And because I think there's sometimes as well when people are buying the lower share, mm. we have people comment themselves and they're like, oh, I don't really want to own. But it doesn't matter. Mm. And they say, well, what's the point in owning that lower share? Because, you know, if I can't afford more, why should I bother? But at least you are, you own something and mm. you're paying something into your own yeah. pocket. So. Yeah, I don't think that's much of an issue nowadays. I yeah. don't know whether other people might disagree, but I think it was probably an issue a little bit, sort of a few years yeah. ago or more. Okay. But I think it's becoming less of an issue because the house prices are so high. Mm-hmm. We get applications from people who are literally just under that cap of the 80,000 who can't afford to buy something outright. We get people with incomes between, I don't know, like twenty thousand pound as a as a joint sometimes, and all the way up to like seventy nine thousand pound, and those incomes come come from different places. We have people from benefits apply, because if they're on benefits, it doesn't mean that they can't. Because mm-hmm. you know if they're working but they are on a lower income, so they get support with know, childcare and stuff like that. Or we've had people apply who don't work because they've got a disability, so they might have they might be buying the share in cash for instance, and then, but it gives that person stability. So there's so many different reasons why people buy. It's not just, oh, you're on a low wage, so you can't afford anything else. Mm-hmm. There's so many different reasons. And the prices of houses at the moment, if you're going and trying to get a mortgage and the bank's saying, well, you need 40 grand, a lot of people don't yeah. have that. Whereas with shared ownership, you might only need three or four. So it's a lot more achievable and it's a stepping stone for people people don't necessarily stay in them forever but it gets it gets you there so mm. it's definitely not just sort of for people who are on lower wages necessarily yeah. but it does help people who are on lower wages mm. but I don't I don't think that's much of a stigma anymore I think it probably used to be but I think as a society we're probably a bit more accepting nowadays Good. All right, well, thank you, Hannah, for, uh, for imparting a bit of wisdom. No worries. Trying to get rid of a few of those stigmas. Hopefully you feel now like you know a lot more about it as well. Um, remember our other episodes in this series where we explain the whole idea that, uh, of what shared ownership is and also the opportunities that will be there for you, so make sure you listen to those as well. But if you want help finding a home through shared ownership, then just go and search Platform Home Ownership. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you.